Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. That's wonderful. Bow together with me if you would, please. Our heads are bowed just for a moment. And as we bow together, I just want you to wrap your brain around where you're at right now and why you are where you are. We've come this morning to worship Him. Worship Him. We're going to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we're going to ask Him to receive our praise and glory and honor. We, we, we say like the psalmist, bless you, Lord. I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Father, do a great and mighty work here this morning. Thank you so much for preparing our hearts through song, music. What a gift of, of, uh, from above music is to us. And we pray now that our minds and hearts will be prepared to receive your word. And may you do something wonderful, rich, and real, long-lasting in our lives. As we begin 2023, may we have an intention to allowing this to be the best year of our spiritual life up to this point. Help us to make up our minds. That's, what, that's what's going to happen this year. And I pray you'll begin right here, right now, today. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. And amen. The church said? Amen. Well, amen. Good to see you, church. I sure did miss you over the last couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Someone said they heard me and, me and Donna went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> well, if you consider New Jersey, Hawaii, that's, I guess that's where we went. <clears throat> but we were down for the count for a few weeks. Uh, but man, it's good to be back amongst the living. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we're glad to be back here this morning. We're glad you're here today. If you're visiting with us, we count you as an honored guest. We're sure glad to see you here today and welcome to you. Uh, I have a couple of special guests here today that I want you to say hello to at the end of the service. It's my aunt and her husband, Bob. We prayed for Bob. Bob had battled some cancer over the past year. And uh, what a great God we have and serve. He is completely uh, cancer-free now. And so we rejoice in that. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, my aunt and I go back a long ways. She's older than me, so she remembers when I was born. You know, so don't get too close to her. She'll tell you all the great stories about me. And she knows them all. She's got them all recorded. But I am her favorite nephew. I'm her only nephew, but I am her favorite nephew. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, take your Bibles if you would, and I want you to join me this morning in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and then I'll give you a heads up. We're going to join uh, Nehemiah chapter 4 in just a few minutes, but we'll begin in, in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. You know, uh, at the beginning of a new year, many people adopt what we would call a theme, right? How many know what I'm talking about? You've been around church for any length of time, you, you, you kind of know that that's what happens. Some people will do this. Some people will gather themselves together. They'll do an evaluation. They'll do an assessment. They'll look at their lives over the past year, uh, kind of figure out what worked, what didn't work, 
weaknesses and strengths, you know, and then they'll come up with a, an idea. I was reading just the other day, I read a lot, I, read a lot, I was reading a blog uh, from a fella, and he was praying for God to give him a word for this upcoming year, and the word God gave him was awakening. And so he adopted that word awakening as his theme for the year, <clears throat> and he gave some more details as I read on. He said this, he, he was begging God to allow him to be awake in his relationship with God. You, you get it, right? I don't have to explain that. But more than that, he wanted to be awake in his conversations with others so that he was a listener. And he would, you know, comprehend and develop. So his theme for the year is awakening. Now, I'm not sure if you have a personal theme. I've spoken to many, and some will do this. They'll adopt the theme. Uh, for example, I know one person said, my theme for this year is financial freedom. And what they're going to do is, this year, they're going to work at uh, becoming debt-free, right? You know, it's one thing to be financially free, another thing to be financially secure, right? Many of us may never be financially secure, but we can be financially free where we're not enslaved to someone, you know, under the category of debt, right? Another person, maybe, maybe it's you, uh, their theme was healthier living. I won't go too far down that path because that involves dieting and uh, cuss words and all that other kind of fun stuff. So <clears throat> we won't talk about that too much this morning, you know. Uh, but as a church, churches adopt themes, right? And, and you know that's just the way it is. And what these themes do, now pay attention right here, these themes kind of set our focus, you know? And, and, and it kind of puts goals in front of us that we want to work toward. That's why we have theme, you know? And so, if you've looked around anywhere today on this campus, on this property, as soon as you walked in the building, you saw those words, be strong, be strong. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This will be our theme verse. It says this, finally, finally, my brethren. Now, what Paul is doing here is this. He's concluding his letter to the church in Ephesus. Right? So Paul is actually writing a bunch, of, a, a, a bunch of church members like you and I, you know, and he gives them great instruction in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, and now he comes to the concluding words of this letter, and he says, finally, uh, we've often said this, uh, someone's uh, last words, you know, are words to maybe hang on to. And so Paul says to the church in Ephesus here in chapter number 6, verse number 10, finally, my brethren, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, that is not a new verse for us, is it? That's not one of those verses hidden, you know, in the Chronicles or in the Kings. No, we, we often hear uh, that, that, uh, that text. We often are encouraged to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Correct? You know, and so here's what I, I've been praying. I've prayed for weeks and even I would say a couple of months. I had two or three different themes, you know, bouncing around in my head. And the Lord just narrowed it down to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. And these words, be strong, be strong in the Lord. And then to, to just kind of, uh, kind of solidify that a little bit, what that means for us as a church is this. We want to strive, this year we want to strive to have a courageous walk with God. Amen. Now back up a little bit. I want you to take this message in this morning. I have to tell you right up front, it's a two-part message. 
and before the Lord comes back, we'll get to part two, you know. Uh, but I want you to think about this. What does it mean when we say be strong in the Lord? What are we implying? What's the implication? Well, this year in 2023, I personally, I hope you personally adopt the idea that we want to have a courageous walk with God. Amen. Not only that, I, I added this to it. We want to develop a deeper commitment this year to our church and to our families and to our service. So if I want to be strong in the Lord this upcoming year, 2023, I want to be able to have a courageous walk with God, and then I want to develop a commitment, and commitment sometimes is a bad word. No, people don't like to commit to things. Man, oh, I can't commit myself to that. But you can commit yourself to the Lord, and you should commit yourself to your church and your family and to whatever area of service God's called you. You ought to commit yourself to it. And then finally, I jotted down these words, we want to impact our community with the light of the gospel. Amen? I mean, this upcoming year, we want to be courageous, committed, and community-minded, community-oriented. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I want to make sure that 2023 is going to be a rock-solid growth year for Pastor Yanizzi. Amen? Before the hour is up, uh, I'm going to give you a pledge. I'm going to ask us to make a pledge this year, and we'll say this pledge together. I'm going to encourage you to get your phone out and take a, take a snapshot of the screen when I get there. Now, I'm not there yet, so don't get nervous. we got a long way to go. Uh, but before we leave here uh, this morning, I want to see if I can encourage you to make some kind of a fresh pledge unto the Lord for this upcoming year. Amen? Now, if we were to study out chapters number 6, <clears throat> Paul begins to speak in the following verses metaphorically. Or in other words, what he does is this. He begins to illustrate for us mm, these words, be strong in the Lord. What does that mean? Paul begins to illustrate. He talks about putting on the whole armor of God, right? Did you ever read chapter 6? And, you know, there's, a, there's, there's armor, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's weaponry, there's, you know, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, mm, the breastplate of righteousness, the loins girt about with truth, the helmet of salvation, feet shod with the preparation of God. And so he's speaking metaphorically, correct? By the way, if we were to study that out, I'll guarantee you this, each piece of that armor represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying is this, every day of our lives, we need to put on Jesus, we put them on our mind. We put them on our, yeah, all the important areas, you know, sword of the Spirit, Word of God, shield of faith, quench the fiery dark. It's just put on Jesus every day of our lives. But, you know, Paul often spoke metaphorically. And one of the metaphors he would use often was the idea of running in a race, right? And Paul would say this, now pay attention right here. Paul would, Paul would kind of say that our life, the life that we live, is kind of like running in a race. Now, the implication isn't, it isn't, how fast can we get to the end? Hello? I'm not trying to speed up the process. You know, last week I was trying to speed up the process. You know, I don't like being sick. I am the biggest baby in South Jersey. I mean to tell you, when I get sick, the world stops, you know? And guess what happens? My nurse, Nurse Stitch, got sick. My wife got sick, you know? And so we were so sick 
I couldn't take care of her. She couldn't take care of me. And so I called my daughter who lives in Pennsylvania, and I said, she's got four children, one of them sick. I said, I can care less about any of them. You need to come take care of us. <laughs> We're sick, man, and I can't do anything to help your mother, and she can't help me, and I'm a big baby, and you need to come and pamper me. And she said, Dad, I'm on my way. And she came and pampered us, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but, but the idea is this, you know, Paul talks to us about running this race, living our lives in such a way, but not hurrying up, not, not trying to get to the end in a hurry. No, the race he kind of describes is an endurance race. And what he speaks about is this, he speaks about setting the pace, setting your pace and preparing to finish and finish strong. Are you with me? Uh, kind of, I think maybe the imagery would be, we would understand this term, a marathon, right? Uh, here in the Northeast, we have two mm, pretty famous marathons. People come from all over the world to run in the Boston Marathon and the New York Marathon, correct? You know what a marathon is? A marathon, people who... Um, who uh, register and run in marathons, now don't take offense to this, are totally out of their mind. <laughs> I mean, I run a little bit. I've done a, a 5K, you know, um, but 26 miles? That's what a marathon is. 26 miles. I can't even think 26 miles. Walk 26 miles. Are, are you with me? But there are people who enlist, and God bless those kinds of folk who have that kind of body and that kind of mindset that they can run 26 miles, you know, a marathon. So when Paul speaks metaphorically about running the race and our life kind of, you know, being the example of that, he's not speaking about a, a speed race. He's speaking about an endurance race. And I'm not sure if you've ever taken notice to this. I always have. I've, I've always uh, kind of enjoyed seeing the clutter at the starting line of a marathon. Have you ever seen the clutter at the starting point of a marathon? Take, take a picture. Take a look at that picture. Huh? Look, I mean, just, just, it's just a sea of people. Do you see that? Huh? And right at that point, now pay attention right here. Right at that point, these folks are excited. Are you with me? Come on, man, I'm, I'm amongst the living, right? They are excited, and every one of them is saying, this is great, I am in top shape, I can't wait for this. And man, the, you know, the bang goes off, and they're running. But if you watch that race, the finish line is not as cluttered. Go ahead, guys. The finish line is not as cluttered. Huh? I want you to say this with me on the count of three. Where did everybody go? One, two, three. Where did everybody go? Now, pay attention. I didn't put those pictures up just for fun. That's reality. Huh? Uh, there's a whole lot of people. Let's just take 2023. There's a whole lot of people that had the best intentions. And, man, we're going to start this year. And you can, you know, just name it off, whatever your deal is. Huh? When we get to the end of 2023, I'll guarantee you there's not going to be as many people rejoicing, you know, in victory by the end of the year because somewhere, are you paying attention? Somewhere in between, they got discouraged. Huh? When you look at that marathon, there's an enormous amount of people at the starting line, but not the same amount of people at the finish line. 
because somewhere in between, they got discouraged. They got discouraged. They say this, I've never, I've not, I don't think I've ever done it. They talk about, uh, and anybody, any, any runners here? Any runners here? Well, we got one, two, man, there's a runner for Delia. They talk about hitting the wall. Did you ever hit the wall? I've hit a wall, but not because I was running. You know, they talk about hitting a wall, you know? And, and a lot of times it's just kind of like right in the middle, you know, where discouragement sets in. There's a tremendous Old Testament example of this found in the book of Nehemiah. Would you go there with me? Nehemiah chapter number 4. If you can find your way there. Nehemiah chapter number 4. I want you to go there with me this morning. And, uh, and I want to do this. I want to give you, I just want to give you kind of the back story. Okay? Are you with me? The back story. Uh, book of Nehemiah. Um, if you know anything about the history of Israel, and pay attention to this. We're going to make this real practical in a moment. Uh, the uh, nation of Israel uh, in the Bible was taken captive by the Babylonians. In fact, you know, Israel was always, I mean, there's just always somebody there posing a threat. But at this point in time in the book of Nehemiah, uh, they're coming out of captivity. Listen to this. They were in captivity for 70 years. 70 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Uh, I've been around. I've been around long enough now. I remember being, I don't know, maybe two or three maybe years old when the Vietnam War was, you know. And I remember, I remember uh, on, on the street that I lived in Philadelphia, uh, a few of the uh, young men that were drafted into that war, you know. That war didn't last 70 years. Uh, some of you remember... Number two, World War II. I don't know if there's any here. World War I. World War II. And, and it didn't last 70 years in the Korean. Uh, you know, and I mean on and on and on. Not se- the, 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 the Israelites were in captivity for 70 years. 70 years. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Persians come on the scene and led by King Cyrus. And King Cyrus defeats the, the Babylonians. The Persians defeat the Babylonians. And, now pay attention right here, King Cyrus allows the Israelites to go back to the homeland. This is the backstory. And so when the Israelites get back into the homeland, guess what they find? They find that their, their city is destroyed. It's devastated. The walls are broken down. Everything that they remembered about their homeland was gone. It was destroyed. Well, God raises up a fellow named Nehemiah, if you ever read the story. And he says, uh, he encourages, he gives him a dream to go back and to rebuild the city. And Nehemiah is going to obey God. And so he goes back uh, to, to, to Israel, back to Jerusalem. And he's going to rebuild the city. They begin by rebuilding the walls. Are you with me? And in Nehemiah chapter number 4, you kind of you get the back story. He says in verse number 6, so built, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Isn't that good? Somebody say, that's good. Huh? Look here. When people have a mind to work, that's always good. But I'm not sure if you saw what I highlighted. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together. Look what he says. Unto the half thereof. Unto the half thereof. 
I mean, it's highlighted there for us in that text of Scripture where the Israelites, the people, uh, the workers, they began to work. They had a mind to work, but they only get it built halfway. Are you with me? And something happens. Look at verse number 10. Verse number 10, same chapter. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there's much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. Did you see that? Now, are you with me? Somebody say, we're with you, preacher. We're with you. So now, they're back in the homeland. They have a vision to rebuild the wall. The people have a mind to work. They get to work. They're rebuilding the wall. They got it halfway built, and all of a sudden, work stoppage. I'm not sure if they were union or not, but there's a work stoppage. They stop working, and the reason they stop working is given to us in verse number 10. Here's what they said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. In other words, what they're saying is this, the people are wearing out, we're worn out. Not only that, he says there's much rubbish. Every time I read that, Tyler, I get the imagery, the fresh imagery of watching the evening news and seeing, you know, the Ukraine, right? You, you, you and I, we have modern technology, and so we can literally see, you know, pictures, glimpses of what's going on in our world, all around the world. And when you look at the Ukraine, what do you see? You see bombed out buildings. You see streets that are filled with, you know, concrete and rebar and, and just devastation, correct? And every once in a while, they'll even show us some dead bodies. That's the imagery that we get. And so, look here, the, 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 the people are working, and they got the wall halfway built, Raji, but all of a sudden there's a work stoppage. Why? Well, because the people are getting worn out. And, and they're everywhere, everywhere, everywhere they turn. There's rubbish, there's rubble. A constant reminder of the past. Oh, listen, listen to this. A constant reminder. You're going to miss this. A constant reminder of the past. A constant reminder of the past. There's rubble there, and it keeps reminding us of the past, the captivity, what happened to us, what we lost. Hello? And if that's not enough, they said this, we are not able to build the wall. How about that? We're not able to build the wall. So these workers are discouraged and the work stops. And, and you know, that just seems to be the way it is in life. We get to going. Pay attention now. We get to going, you know, and we're on our way. We're in the race. Use any analogy you want, any metaphor you like. Uh, but we're, we're, we're living life. And, and then somewhere, just somewhere, just somewhere in between, we get discouraged. And you know that happens, pay attention here, that happens in marriages. Wow, it got quiet. That happens in marriages. It happens in relationships. It happens in careers. It happens in church work. It happens in life. Look here, I would not believe you if you told me you never got discouraged. I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe you. And I hope you wouldn't believe me. Look here, ask Mrs. Genizzi last week. I was so discouraged, I, I didn't know what to do. Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, I promise you, last Sunday morning I got up and Donna said to me, you're not going to church. And I looked at her and I said, 
And I promise you, at 1025, I started, I'm looking out my window, I'm watching all these cars pull in. I walked into the living room where she was, and she was sick, and I said, I'm going to church. And she said, you are not going. I said, listen, I'll go in, service already started, I'll sit in the lobby, I have to go. It's for my own mental. She said, you're not going, you're crazy. Those people are going to think you're nuts. You're not going. And I fought her. I said, frickety, frackety, frickety, frackety, I'm gone. And she said, no, you're not gone, just stay sit. And I sat there and watched the service and and great message, Brother Tyler, and I got a little bit encouraged, but we all get discouraged, don't we? And if you'll notice, look here, it's somewhere in between. I mean, we start off with the best intentions. When I stand here and I say to this young man, uh, do you take her and do you take him? And they both say, yay. What they're saying is, man, we can't wait to get this thing started. Hello? You've been there. You've been there. Huh? I think just this week, uh, Barry and Carol are going to celebrate 41 years. In fact, he was so excited he thought it was today. He's telling everybody today is my anniversary, but it's not. It's not. I mean, best intentions, but then somewhere along the line, look here, I know this for a fact, the divorce rate is still 50%. One out of two. You know, there was a time back in the 80s, Bob, when it was 65%, two out of three couples ended up in divorce. So you know what we did back then? We adopted a strategy. This is how we can cure the divorce rate. Trial marriages where you can renegotiate the contract and get out of it if you want to. Where was that when I was getting married? Just teasing. Just teasing, Donna. She would have renegotiated for sure. Huh? But it happens in life, doesn't it? Here's what I want to do just in the next few minutes. I want to just examine that text there, chapter 4, verse number 10, and I want to look at those reasons for discouragement. Look here, I'm sure many of us, not all of us, but many of us, we come to the place as Christians because we've been around for a little bit of time. We've come to a new year, and we start to, you know, we look back, as I said a moment ago, and say, man, last year I really, I really slipped up when it came to my Bible reading. I slipped up in my area of service. I, I slipped up as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother. I slipped up. But this year, I'm going to, and you, you know, you, you just chart a different course, right? How many of us kind of get, get, get the idea of what I, what I mean, right? Been there? Huh? But in order to finish and finish strong, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord. And there's some things that we must recognize. What was it that caused the Israelites to get so discouraged that they stopped building midway point? Have you ever heard of a midlife crisis? You don't hear of an end-of-life crisis. And you don't hear of a little baby coming out of the womb saying, I'm not crazy about this world, man. This ain't going to work for me. Right? It's just somewhere in between. It's the in-between times where we have to make sure we maintain our own personal life. Let me take a, let me take a peek and help you with this, uh, this text of Scripture. Verse number 10. Let's look at it again. Verse number 10. Flip it up, guys. And Judas said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. Or in other words, let's make this real simple. Are you ready? The people got tired. The people, the workers, got tired. Did you ever hear this word? Listen to this word, fatigued. Fatigued. You know what fatigue is? Pay attention here. Fatigue is exhaustion. It's not just feeling a little bit wearied. 
No, fatigue is exhaustion. And sometimes you can get emotionally exhausted. There are times you can get physically exhausted. And I hate to say this, but if you're not careful, you can get spiritually exhausted. Huh? where you're just overwhelmed. You know, even Jesus told his disciples, you know, if you read through the gospel accounts, there are times when you just need to come apart before you come apart. Are you with me? And, and here in this text of Scripture, they're tired. The people got tired. They're exhausted. And, and, and they're thinking. Now, pay attention right here. Because they were tired and they were exhausted, their thinking began to, to change. Uh, are you with me? Their, their thought life began to, to change, you know? Why? Because they're exhausted, they're tired, they're, they're worn out, and, and they're worn down, and they needed some rest. Hello? They needed some rest. And because they were tired, they got discouraged. Listen to this Bible verse. I don't think I threw it up there. Listen to this Bible. Deuteronomy 25. Verse number 18, listen to what it says. Remember what Amalek, what Amalek did unto thee by the way when ye were come forth out of Egypt. Listen, how he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary. Oh, you missed it. God's saying to Israel, don't forget what happened when you were trying to operate without due strength. When you got weary, when you became faint, Amalek came behind you and attacked you. And so the idea is this, when you and I are tired, when we're fatigued, when we get exhausted, we become vulnerable to attack. Oh, would you listen to me carefully, church? I'm trying to help us for 2023. Huh? And, and the attack comes, the enemy attacks, sometimes, sometimes because we're exhausted, you know, we begin to doubt some things. We begin to doubt some things. Uh, temptation comes our way, and now we're falling prey to temptation. Maybe anger sets in, or self-pity, discouragement of some sort. Why? Because we're fatigued. I know me personally. When I get tired, I get irritable. And the things that didn't used to bother me, bother me like you would not believe. Huh? Are you, are you with me? Yep. Huh? Right? So, now, I, I promise you, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a principle uh, next time, next week, we're going to look at some principles that combat this discouragement. But can I just give you a word to take with you? Can I speak this word into your mind, into your heart, into your life? Here it is. You ready? Rest. 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 Promise you, it is not a bad four-letter word. I know for us Christians, we have been so we have been so trained and so encouraged. Just go, 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 go. Hey, listen, work now. Nighttime cometh when no man can work. That used to be my theme verse for my staff. What do you need a day off for? You're going to spend eternity in heaven, Tyler. Why do you want a day off? Work, work, work. That's our mantra. And we've almost made rest a sin. But I want to prove to you next week that when God built us, He built us with the need to rest. And our bodies and our minds, and even spiritually, we need some rest. It doesn't come easy for most of us, including myself, but it's necessary. Huh? So they get the wall built halfway. 
Here we are, man, 2023. Going to share vision tonight. I'm busting. I mean, my buttons are busting. I can't wait to share with you. But somewhere around June, July, vacations come in. I want to get to the beach. I want to get to the boat. I want to get to wherever you want to get to. Huh? And then September and October, now it's fall time. And, and what happens? Somewhere in the middle, we lose our fire. We lose our passion. We lose our focus. We lose our vision. That's when we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Look at the second thing they said in verse number 10. They said this, the rubble, the, the rubble was overwhelming us. Did you say it? The rubble is overwhelming us. And that was, of course, due to the fact that Babylon had attacked them. And have you ever been to Israel? I've been there a few times. I've been to Jerusalem. I, I, I've, seen those, I've seen those walls. But you know what else I've seen? I've been down in a tunnel below the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. And we were brought down there on a tour, deep, deep down inside, Tyler. And you know what we saw down there? We saw down there the stones that were erected back under Herod. Wow. you got to go way down deep in the ground to see those stones. You know why? Because Jerusalem has been conquered so many times, and every time the Ottomans or the Romans or whoever, they build on top of those broken down walls. So the stones you're looking at now as a wall are not the original, Raji. Huh? I could have only imagined when the Israelites got back in town and seen the devastation, you know, and now they're working every day, you know, to rebuild these walls. And I mean when to tell you, look here, when you look at how quick they got that job done, it's amazing if you've ever seen them. But in the midst of all of that, they got to keep looking at the past and all this rubble. Devastating. If I were to make that personal, I would say this, and we'll talk a little bit more about this next time, but we all have rubble in our life. Yes. We all have rubble in our life. And, and, and there's, there's all kinds of rubble. There's emotional rubble. Let me say that one more time. There's emotional rubble. Uh, you know, those hurts, those disappointments, those letdowns. Those times where you feel as if you failed because somebody just highlighted, you know, that bad moment. Emotional uh, rub. There's relational rubble. Hello? Hey, I'm glad to say, I mean this with all my heart, I am so glad to say that I have been married to one woman all of my adult life. I'll be honest with you, my aunt sits back there. I, when, I, when we got married, I was not the, the one-woman-for-one-life kind of guy. Go ahead. I know I'm surprising you today with all this great revelation. <laughs> because prior to Mrs. Genizzi, prior to Donna, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, just have girlfriends, right? You want to be cute and you want to be liked and... Huh? But when I met her, I'll tell you what, I don't know what happened. When I met her, she just shut down everything. You know? I mean, everything. And, and so when we got married, I remember saying this to her prior to us getting married. Look here, I want this one time. This is it for life. Good, bad, indifferent, ugly. If I get fat, bald, and lose my teeth, I'm yours. <laughs> and so now I have a toupee. I, I have false teeth, and I get Botox all the time, and so I don't want to lose her. She's good looking, man. You know? 
And the older she gets, the better looking she gets. I'm telling you, you know, I'm falling apart to pieces here. But, but I say that to say this. There has been so many times in our lives where we've had to deal with the rubble. The rubble. And you got to get it out, the emotional rubble, the relational uh, rubble, the spiritual rubble. Because if it builds up, it can overwhelm you. It can overwhelm you. I preach a message, I'll preach it here one day, called, called baggage. You know, and we all, we, all carry, we all carry so much baggage with us from our past. And what the Lord helps us to do, He, he helps us to unload the baggage and, and just get, get rid of it, stop dealing with it, you know. So you can go on and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look at the third thing they say here. There's a change in attitude. And this is deadly because they say in verse number 10, look at it again. They say, so that we are not able to build the wall. Huh? That's not what they said in the beginning, Steve. In the beginning, Nehemiah said, man, let's do this. You, you start working here and you, you take your family, start working there. And man, they're all working together. But somewhere in the middle... They get discouraged. Huh? They're fatigued. They're tired. They're worn out. They're worn down. Are you with me? And when you get to that place, you need to be careful. When you start to doubt, when you, when you start to get irritable, when, when everything begins to change in your focus, you need to be careful. Huh? Because then the rubble, all you're going to begin to see is the rubble, and that's frustrating. Are you with me? And they come to the place, now they come to the place, because they're, they're overwhelmed, they come to the place where they're ready to give up. And if you were to do a deep dive in that statement, here's, here's pretty much what they were saying. What in the world were we thinking? We can't do this. What were we thinking? We're never going to be able to fit. Has ever happened to you? Huh? What in the world? I've counseled with so many preachers through the years, pastors, and they get to the place and they get discouraged and they begin and they come to me and they say, Preacher, I, what was I thinking? I don't have the ability to lead that church. I, I don't have the capabilities to. They're discouraged. Uh, the Israelites are now saying, We're never going to be able to finish this dance. What we were, what we were thinking. That's sad, isn't it? Huh? They lost their focus, and that leads to this final statement. And I want you to see this. It's not in verse number 10, but let's read on verse 11. And it says, and our adversaries said, our adversaries said, now pay attention right here, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, from all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. So the final thing you see now is a change in focus. Now, listen, pay, pay attention, I'm closing up now. Now they're come, they've, they've come to the place now where the adversary is in their ears. Here's something interesting. If you read this story from start to finish, right, when they got, to, when they got to, uh, back into the homeland and they put the plan together, the adversary was there. In fact, Tobiah, Sambala, Tobiah, they were, they were there. They started in the very beginning, you know, with the criticisms and, and, and with the mockery. And, and they were there from the very beginning. But these Jews, man, I'll tell you what, they had a mind to work and they begin to work. But now they're in the midst of the job and they're discouraged. They got all this rubble. They're frustrated. They're tired. And now 
now the voices of the enemy is magnified so much so that all they keep hearing is this voice we're going to get you we're going to come from every direction we're going to come when you least expect it because we are relentless and they have a change in focus are you with me may i point out please don't lose me now i can see some of you're disconnected i can see it you're worn out i've tired you out you're getting frustrated i got to get to my favorite restaurant it's already don't lose me now please please don't lose me now i want you to see what fed this discouragement look at again in verse number 12 it, it says it came to pass now pay attention that when the jews which dwelt by them came that's significant you know nobody's saying there here's what he's saying there the jews who lived closest to the enemy were the ones who got discouraged first and you know what they did ten, it was like 10 times they just were relentless they kept coming back to the others and saying the enemy we can hear what they're saying they're coming from every side they're going to and the idea then would be this for you and i be careful just be careful who you hang out with be careful of the voices you allow to get into your head because negativity and defeatism will certainly it's contagious and so is the it's contagious tony but it was the one to, I, I can see i can see i can see my buddy steve back there my italian buddy it was the it was the it was the jews that lived closest to the enemy or it was the christians that lived closest to the world oh man i thought that was good It was those who just can't unplug from Fox News. And you stayed up for all 14 or 15 votes on that. You know what I'm talking about. You're laughing. Huh? It's those of us that just can't unplug from some secular nonsense. How in the world am I going to be able to live for God? Because the world keeps saying, you're living too close to the world. You got the wrong voices in your ears. Amen. Yeah. That's preaching. Negativity. It's contagious. It's contagious. I don't like being around negative people. I call them wet blankets. Huh? Hey, Tyler, we were out the other day. We led three people to the Lord. You know what else somebody says? Yeah, well, I'll believe that when they come to church and get baptized. Huh? Right? And it's always the people that do nothing for God that have the loudest voices of criticism. <laughs> right? Amen. Oh, yeah. And so, so we come up with this idea. If we're going to be able to make it through the midway point of anything, we're going to have to be strong in the Lord Amen. and in the power of His might. Right. Amen? Amen. Yep. Just the way it is, church. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So as we continue on our journey in 2023, we need to strengthen the things that remain. That's Bible. Revelation, book of Revelation. Strengthen the things that remain. Amen? And we got so much good stuff here at Open Bible. And we're just going to strengthen the stuff that remains and move forward and be strong in the Lord. And so I'm going to give you a follow-up message next time. However, today, we need to make up our mind 
that this year is going to be different. It's going to be different. And I have a pledge for you, right? I, I want to I go over this pledge with you, and maybe, maybe you'll consider making this a pledge for your new year. You guys ready? You with me? Let's begin. Number one, here it is. Here comes the pledge. Hit it. I'm going to develop a plan to grow. All right, so we are now, today's January 8th. We are eight days into a new year. Has anyone this year yet developed a plan for growth? Growth does not happen without planning it. It's deliberate, not accidental. Did you get that? You're not going to grow accidentally. Well, I just want to come to church. No, you got to plan. You got to take what you hear from this pulpit, from these classrooms, from these podiums, from the Word of God, and do something with it. You got to have a, a plan to grow. And so this year, I'm going to develop a plan to grow. There's areas in my life, me personally, Sally and Izzy, I got some things to work on. I got to work on them. He loves me too much to leave me like I am. Number two. I'm going to prepare for the midway point. Ooh, somebody say, ooh. Come on, say, ooh. That's good. I'm going to prepare for the midway point because I know, Cole, the mid, it's going to come. You're not going to have a perfect game every time you pitch, buddy. That midway point, you got to prepare for it. What happens when I bottom out? What happens when I get frustrated? What happens when I get tired? What happens when I don't want to? Huh? Prepare for the midway point. No, number, number three. Go ahead, guys. I'm going to rely upon God to give me his grace. Amen. You know what grace is? Grace is enablement. It's enablement. And so I'm going to rely upon God to give me the enablement I need to be. My wife's going to have surgery on the 25th of this month. She's my life. Outside of the Lord, she's my life. But I also pastor a church that I love with all my heart. And so I'm going to need God to give me grace to be what I need to be for that dear woman and then to be what I need to be for you so that we don't get lost in the fray of it. Amen. Am I worried? No, because I've seen God give me grace before. Amen. And I know he'll give it to me again. See, whatever God did in the past is just proof that he can do it again in the future. Amen. If you just trust him. Yep. Amen. Huh? And so I'm personally going to rely upon God to give me his grace. And then finally, number four, I'm going to stay connected to my community here at Open Bible. I'm going to stay connected. I'm not going to let the devil drag me out again. Huh? I mean, it's up and it's down. I just need to stay connected in my community. So let me ask you, would you consider making that a pledge? Go ahead and get your phones out. Take a snapshot of it. Go ahead. I'm going to develop a plan to grow. I'm going to prepare for the midway point. I'm going to rely upon God to give me His grace. I'm going to stay connected to my community right here at church. Go ahead. Just don't get me in the picture. Go ahead and take it. And then see if you can't make that a pledge for this upcoming year. It's, it's real. That's something you can work on. Isn't it? Huh? I that's something we can work on. Right, Tony? Secret? We can work on that. That can become a a big part of my life. And then I guarantee you, you might be, uh, can we go back to that picture of the finish line, Doug? You might be, maybe not that guy, but not too far behind him, there's a few other people. And I may not win the race, but I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it because nobody gets a medal for starting. You get the medal 
for finishing. And we just need to say this year, flip up that last, the last slide, I will. I will. I will be strong. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. It's so rich. It's so wonderful. It's so truthful. It's so helpful. It's so powerful. It's able to reach deep down inside our soul and fix what's broken. Thank you for salvation. We thank you for the daily encouragement, the strength, the grace you give us. And as we begin to march through, as we begin to journey through 2023, I pray, God, that you'll help me to be strong in the Lord and help our people, each person in this room, each person that's a member of this church, member of this body, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, your might. Help us, God. And there's going to come times of discouragement. Guide us through. Help us to grow through those areas of discouragement, those times of discouragement, and use that to get stronger in the Lord. Father, if there's someone here this morning who has yet to trust you as, as personal Savior, if they've yet to put faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son as their Savior, maybe today they'll consider and contemplate what they need to do to get that settled once and for all. And then for us who are saved, part of the body of Christ, give us what we need today to just, just grow and be what you want us to be. We pray in Jesus' name and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.